Welcome to Sophisticated Mom, and I'm your host, Dr. Sophia, the creator of the Christian lifestyle blog, SophisticatedMom.com. I will break down faith-based advice and make it applicable and relatable to help you on your journey on this thing we call life. You'll learn everything you need to know on how to become the master of your own destiny. Having a God-centered relationship with your boyfriend is important if you are a Christian, but it doesn't have to be some holier-than-thou weird thing where you just sit around and put on this religious show to show how spiritual you are. God-centered relationships are important, but it does also require you to be authentic and purposeful. Anyone who knows me know what I stand for, and it's about developing a relationship with God and not just religion, which I have a separate blog post on, and you can click the link down below to read that. And developing a relationship with God in a God-centered relationship should be one of your goals. No matter if you're wondering how to have a godly relationship with your boyfriend or if you're letting God guide your relationship with your boyfriend, having a God-centered relationship is you both being open to seeking and understanding what God wants for you both. And I'm going to tell you how to do that. But before we get into it, I highly suggest you check out my video on Christians dating non-practicing Christians. Notice I didn't say Christian dating a non-Christian, but what this video talks about is that sometimes each person in a relationship can have their own relationship with God. One could be a baby Christian and one can be more advanced. Whatever the case may be, check out the video down below for more tips on how to grow closer with God with your boyfriend. And don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel by clicking the link down below. Number one, a God-centered relationship means that you are letting God guide your relationship. Now, I may be different from other Christians in that I do believe in dating. And I have a blog post on that. And you can click the link down below to hear more about why that is. I personally do not think that every person you are with you should be courting for marriage. But just because I say that does not mean that you should just go sleeping with everyone. But one of the reasons why I say this is so that you can sharpen your tentacles of discernment. No matter if you're in a relationship dating or courting or you are thinking about getting into a serious relationship or even an engagement with someone, you should be letting God guide your relationship and this happens on two levels. If you want to know what God says about your relationship, then know that God will guide you about the relationship on your own and God will guide the other person about you. And this will be something that you both do together. Whenever you are in a faith-based relationship, it is important to know how to grow spiritually with your boyfriend, especially if you see your boyfriend becoming your future husband one day, or even if you want to know if your boyfriend is capable of being your future husband, or even if you want to know if you should be dating anyone. In any and all situations, let God lead your relationship and let you know who you should be dealing with. In a God-centered relationship, you two should come together, especially if you two are serious and have open discussions on what you feel God is telling you about where God is leading each of you in the relationship. And be honest. Do not sit and tell a man God told you he was your husband when God did not say that. God will talk to you each about each other and if you are meant to be led together, you will know it. If God wants you to work on something, you will know it. Allow God to talk to you about the other person and then come back together and talk about it with each other to ensure that you're both being led in the same direction. Number two, what God says about relationship. He says to be equally yoked. If you are a Christian, then know that it is God's desire for you to be with another believer, which I have a separate blog post on and you can click the link down below to read that. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers for what does righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness. 2 Corinthians 6.14 And one of the keys of being in a God-centered relationship is that you both have to believe in God. 
which is why it is not only important to know how to grow spiritually with the person that you are dating, but to also get to know if the person you are dating is even capable of growing spiritually with you. You cannot be a source of light and your boyfriend be a source of darkness and then you wonder why the relationship is not going anywhere. There are some key points that I want to make here when it comes to being equally yoked. Yes, you must both be believers, that is a given, but you must also be equally yoked overall. Below is an excerpt from my book for Christian single women, Fix It Jesus for Single Women Only, in which I said the following about being equally yoked. Being equally yoked means there is a relationship between two people that have similar things to offer one another and balance each other out. One person should not be leeching off the other. One person should not be bringing everything to the table while the other person brings nothing. This balance can come in all different types of ways, but essentially the relationship should not be unbalanced. These type of relationships are relationships in which one person is giving more, being more, or has different beliefs than the other person, leaving the relationship unbalanced. Examples of an unequally yoked relationship. He does not like children and you have children. He does not have a job, a car, and no motivation to do anything whatsoever while you're a productive member of society. When it comes to being equally yoked and having a God-centered relationship, then think about if this person fits into your life. This may come as a shock to you, but you were not just here to be put in a relationship. You were here for a purpose, and when you match yourself with someone, ideally that purpose fits well into your life, your purpose, and will help you grow and not hold you back. Also check out my video down below on the dangers of peaking someone who is unequally yoked with you. Number three. Growing closer to God as a couple means praying together. What better way to have a godly relationship and to grow together spiritually than to pray? Prayer can be one of the most powerful weapons that you have as a couple. Again, I tell you truly that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather together in my name, there I am with them. Matthew eighteen nineteen through 20 does this mean that just because you pray with your boyfriend that you're going to get anything that you ever wanted out of life? No. <laughs> and you can click the link down below to read my blog on how to get prayers answered. What it does mean is that when you do pray to God, God will be there with you guiding your relationship and teaching you what to pray for each other. It will allow you to see what each other is praying for, learn how to pray for one another, and to pray for the direction of the relationship, which in turn will help you grow spiritually. And since you want a God-centered relationship when you pray, just simply ask God to come in and be the center of your relationship and show you what you can do to make him the center of your relationship. There's no one better to tell you how you can have a God-centered relationship than God himself. Number four, reading the Bible will help you learn how to grow spiritually with your partner. And by Bible study, I mean a Bible with just the two of you. Going to a group Bible study is great, but remember the point is for you to get closer spiritually to your boyfriend. So it is good for you too to not only read the Bible together, but to also talk about what it means, what lessons you got from it, and if you feel like any of the other lessons can be applied to your relationship. I'm a huge person of reading the Bible and I also believe in making it applicable to your life, not just reading it like a storybook. And that is the same type of energy you need to bring when reading the Bible as a couple. 
really try to read the verses on love, the roles of a wife, husbands, and significant couples in the Bible. How can you relate and how do you see their lessons shaping you as a couple? The point is to learn from it and for each of you to grow into better people for each other. So focus on the Bible content that focuses on that. You can check out my blog on how to read the Bible when you don't understand and also check out my video down below for mistakes that famous women in the Bible made when it came to relationships. Number five, focusing on spirituality and not the physical. When it comes to not having sex, this is something that we do not like to talk about as Christians because deep down many Christians are having sex outside of marriage and they want to keep doing it. I have had sex outside of marriage, but I have also learned that choosing to listen to what God wants for you in your relationship is better than choosing to do things your own way. If you want a God-centered relationship, then how about you choose to do things God's way and God specifically says not to have sex outside of marriage. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Colossians 3.5 you had to know that I was going to go there. You can also check out my blog on the spiritual benefits of celibacy by clicking the link down below. But many people think that sex brings you closer, and it does in a way. It brings you closer physically, but it can also blind you. Sex can make you overlook red flags, and sex can make you focus only on sex and not actually getting to know the person. But the absence of sex can teach you to focus on what is really important and allow you to see the man for who he really is. It will also teach you both to control your flesh and to have more discipline to doing the right thing. It also teaches you to listen to God and God's will for you to not have sex outside of marriage. Choosing to obey God in your relationship will always bring you closer to God. But the biggest benefit in my opinion is this. You have heard the saying, why would he buy the cow if he can get the milk for free? More than anything, this is what's keeping you from getting your time wasted for being in a relationship for years and years on end, going nowhere. It is really hard for a man to waste your time if he's not having sex with you and he knows the only way to have sex with you is to marry you. And if he is of God, like he says, then simply quote the following Bible verse. But since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman her own husband, 1 Corinthians 7, 2 meaning that if they want to have a God-centered relationship, know that God's intent for both of you is to have sex, but only in the context of marriage. Also check out my video down below on the spirit of lust so that you can understand exactly why God tells us not to have sex outside of marriage and the effects that it can have on our well-being. Number six, fasting can help you grow spiritually as a couple. Fasting is such a powerful weapon. I mean, really, it is a powerful weapon. Remember that lust I was talking about that I used to suffer from? I actually have a separate blog post on it and you can click the link down below to read, but it was fasting along with prayer that helped me get out of it. Now you may be wondering why on earth would you want to fast and how does that help you? You can fast for many reasons and for many different things. I actually wrote a blog post on spiritual fasting where I talk about the very basics of fasting, which you can click the link down below to read. But a perfect example of how you can use fasting as a couple comes from the example of Devon Franklin and Me Megan Good. They wrote the book, The Weight, which you can click the link down below to buy, that talks about celibacy before marriage. Before Devon and Megan began dating in May 2011, that September they decided to go on a Daniel-style fast, giving up meat, bread, and sweets for 40 days. They said, we wanted God to bring us closer together as we believe we were moving toward getting engaged, they said. I have talked about the Daniel fast in a separate blog post, which you can click the link down below to read. So fasting is not always about giving up all food. 
What it's about is getting direction from God about your relationship for just about any and everything that you may need clarity on. I also have a 99 cent ebook on spiritual fasting in case you're confused on how to actually implement it. It goes beyond just trying to stop yourself or giving up a piece of food. It's actually a fully transformative process. The guide will teach you how to fast, what to fast from, and what to do during your fast. So that if you want to fast with your boyfriend, or even if you want to fast alone to get guidance on your relationship, this guide will teach you how to do that. You can click the link down below to buy. Number seven, go to faith-based counseling together. Notice I didn't just say go to counseling, but you want to go to faith-based counseling. Getting counseling from your pastor or Christian-based counseling that you can trust can be important because they can help give you personalized tips on how the two of you can grow spiritually based on your situation. Also taking a page from Devon Franklin and the Megan Good book, they got counseling from T.D. Jakes, a prominent Christian pastor. They began four months of pre-engagement couples counseling. They put their relationship counselor, Bishop T.D. Jakes' advice on choosing a spouse like you would buy a house into action. Do your research and examine everything before making a decision. What the couple says about their experience was that counseling was a tremendous blessing to our marriage. It made us think and see each other's baggage. What can you live with? Being a national certified counselor myself and as someone who has provided counseling and even Christian counseling, I think it's very important for a couple wanting a God-centered relationship, especially if it helps them determine the direction of their relationship, such as do they want to get engaged or even if it is premarital counseling. That way the couple uses professional help to get God in their relationship and the professional will teach them the tools for the future to keep God in relationship on their own. These are the top tips for how to build a God-centered relationship as well as what God says about relationships. If you know someone who could read this post, then share it with them.